When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. <laughs> I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week we're talking about the Grand Budapest Hotel. Five star rating. I do. I do want to stay at a hotel that I have to ride a lift up to. That'd be cool. (laughs) Yeah. An inclinator. This came out in 2014, directed by Wes Anderson, written by Wes Anderson, Stefan Zwieg, and Hugo Guinness. Starring, yeah, guy starring was drunk. Ralph Fiennes, F. Murray Abraham, Rafe. Matthew Rafe. No, it says Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you, are, you, are you being serious, Jeff? What am I being serious about? His name is Ralph Fiennes, right? <laughs> And he pronounces it Rafe yeah, for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Who the fuck is this guy? You what? don't know Rafe Fiennes? I guess I've heard the name, but I don't really know. <laughs> Off to a great start. Yeah. Is, isn't he Voldemort or yes. something? I have no idea. That's <laughs> one of his roles. <laughs> Among other things, yeah. We're not supposed to know. Have you seen oh, you know, <laughs> there's William Defoe down I've actually never seen the list. He fucking Judy. pronounces his name Ray. Rafe. Even worse. All right. <laughs> Starring Rafe finds F. Murray Abraham. Mathieu Amaric. Adrienne Broody. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe. Jeff Goldblum. And let me Harvey Keitel tell you something. something. Yeah. <laughs> Jude Law, it's a huge cast. Jude Law, Bill Murray, Edward Norton, Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> Skipped right over. <laughs> I don't know this girl. I have Sorsi Ronan. Who's Short, that? Sorsha. I don't blame you on that one. I love you, Sorsha. I, I don't blame you on that one at all. Yeah. Leah Sedu, Tilda Swinton, Tom Wilkinson, Owen Wilson, Larry Pine, or, or Lar Pine, and Tony Ravioli. All right. Um, <laughs> Did, did you rec- did you recognize uh, Tony Ravioli as Ravioli? I have no idea. Who He's uh, Flash Thompson in the Tom Holland. Oh, oh, that's right. That's probably the damn. That's right. It looks so different. Yeah, he he packed on some pounds yeah, for he that did. little Flash Thompson. 
Or I think he actually he did like look familiar the whole time. All right, um, I think that's everybody. Whose movie was this? This was mine. Mm-hmm. All right, talk about it, Scoot. Uh, so, <laughs> thank, thank you, Joff. Uh, I'm a I'm a Wes Anderson fan, not yeah. like, hugely though. Like, is it... <laughs> You're a Wes Craven fan? Yeah, Wes Craven fan. Yeah. Yeah, West West Haven, yeah. mm-hmm. West Haven fan. Um, Very inside joke. Yeah, I, I, you know, I typically like his stuff, but I don't necessarily get excited about new movies from him coming out. Um, you know, like I, the French Dispatch, his latest latest one, just really doesn't interest me. And see, maybe it's good. I don't know. That looks. It looks incredibly twee, like all of his movies are. Uh, but at mm-hmm. any rate, uh, I saw this one um, in the theaters, uh, and it was probably like on the tail end of its run, and mostly just by uh, kind of word of mouth that uh, you know a few people I knew had seen it and they liked it, and uh, yeah, I, I got to see it in the, the big screen. All right, Alex, what's your history with this? Uh, same. I'm not a bigly fan of Wes Anderson, but I do like his movies when I watch them. Uh, but they're they're so stylized and quirky that I it I need like a long time before I watch another one. So I tend not to see any of his new movies, even though I know I'll probably like them. So this was the first time I've seen the Grand Budapest Hotel, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, On HBO Max. That's where I saw it. That's where I watched it again, too, I should point out, yeah. For the second kind of view. Um, I've never seen this before. I remember hearing about it when it came, uh, I think it got some Oscar buzz for something. I don't remember. Is it Moonrise Kingdom? That one also looks familiar, but that's one I didn't watch. Okay. Mm -hmm. What? It's like, was it Moonrise Kingdom that he was nominated for? Oscar buzz. No. No, this was definitely... Yeah, no, no, this I, got I, nominated for some things. I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah. Right oh, okay. Just so I can... Um... <laughs> Wait, I thought one of us was having a stroke right there. Um... I don't like Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> um... Well, we'll get into it, I guess. I've only seen... Two? This is my third one I saw... What was the first one? The OR, OR, these scrubs? Yeah, Rushmore. 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 It's pretty much, yeah, his second movie that he wrote, directed. Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, I yeah, never saw that one. one. And then the one that we did, The Life Aquatic, with Steve Zuzu, whatever his name was. Um, Zizu. So, yeah. Not a big fan, but we'll get into it. Um, so, 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 yeah, so it, was, it was nominated for five Oscars. Uh, yeah, not bad. Best Picture... Um, directing, cinematography, editing, and costume design. And it won for costume design. <laughs> Did Flash Thompson win for best makeup with that mustache? Uh, actually, no, sorry. There was... There, I, I lied. There was more. Uh, so, uh, score... 
mm-hmm. makeup and right. screenplay. Flash Thompson, best makeup. Yeah. Anyway, it got nominated for a lot. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're off to a great start here. Sorry, the, As uh, usual, we're going to talk about seven items things. from the movie. <laughs> uh, uh, Scott, what's your number seven? Right. So, my number seven, uh, it was hard not to put some of the gags on, on this list. Um, my my first one, uh, actually, I'm going to swap this around. Uh, so, my, my first one is that Adrian Brody um, keeps calling him a faggot. And then he goes on to say, like, if you touch my mother at all, I'll kill you. And then he responds with... Uh, Ray Fine's characters and Gustav responds with, "But I thought I was a faggot." And then Adrian Bodie pauses for a second and says, "You are, but you're bisexual." <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was good. great jokes, great timing. Um, they they both sold that one, so that that's that's great. Number seven. Great fun face punching. Yeah, the, and then he gotta gets followed by the the left jabs. Didn't I may have misheard it, but didn't at the very end when they're like they're across from each other in the hotel, I'm gonna blow you or something like that. Didn't he say that? So it was like I'm gonna blow your ass or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, something yeah. yeah, it was something that was fairly sexually Latin. Uh, you forgot to say away again. Yeah. Away. <laughs> we'll do the hunk of chunker. <laughs> Let's go blow this guy. Alright. Um, yeah. <laughs> eat my rubber. That's for Christmas vacation. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, number seven. My number seven is the miniature work in this film. So Wes Anderson's movies are always very stylized. He's got a certain look to it. You always, you know, take a couple frames, a couple scenes, and you know, oh, this is a Wes Anderson film. This one takes it to a whole nother level. I guess he took what he learned from the fantastic Mr. Fox, which is a stop motion film. And put it in some of that magic into his miniatures because they all look great. I love the little touches and everything. He didn't try to hide it or made it make it look realistic. It all fit within the reality of the storytelling in the film. It's like uh, a secondhand story being told. Yeah, it's a... yeah, it was fantastic. I loved every bit of all the miniature work in this movie. Agreed. A little higher on my list. Um, uh, my number seven is... Uh, the Willem Dafoe character, I liked it at first, then it got old, and I thought it was stupid. So, <laughs> like, at the very beginning when he's, like, in the, whatever, where Jeff Goldblum's, like, talking about the will and stuff, and he's just kind of sitting there with a the stupid look on his face, like, ah, it's funny, and then he just kept doing the same stupid stuff. It got, got old for me. Except for the very end when he, that that part was kind of good. But anyway, he's Willem Dafoe, like, he's a fantastic skier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See him barrel down that slope. Liked slash didn't like him in this movie. Uh, or the character, I should say. He was fine. Mm-hmm. Scott, number six. Uh, my number six is uh, after they get back from the, the will reading, uh, it's like the next day, and Ed Norton shows up to arrest Gustav, where he finds. And <laughs> they surround him, they, they tell him that uh, she was actually murdered, and he's being accused. And Ray Fiennes says... And you think I did it? And there's this pause, and then he just runs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He goes right for the stairs. And they, they chase after him, and I feel like it, 
that shot could have gone on for like a couple more seconds. It would have been even funnier, but it's still pretty hilarious that he just just takes off like that and like the camera stays right where it is and he just runs off into the background. Uh, that, that that made me laugh out loud. That's, awesome. yeah. That's my number six as well, Scott. I, I thought that was hilarious. All right, Alex, number six. My number six. Oh, I think got my list mixed up here. Anyways. Uh, my number six is that this movie's quirkier than usual, even for Wes Anderson and Wes Anderson standards. You think so? Um, it, I think so. Uh, definitely more than Rushmore, Royal Tannenbaums. It was closer. It's like with each one of his movies, it gets I'd say a little bit more than quirkier. Rushmore. I don't know about Tannenbaums. No, yeah, more definitely more than Rushmore. Yeah, it's know. just that with each of his subsequent movies, it, he seems to get quirkier and quirkier. Uh, Maybe, again, maybe it was more of the influence, the cartoony influence that he had with uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and the stop-motion animation. But yeah, it just seemed a, a little bit, uh, yeah, a bit quirkier, a bit more zany than his usual movies. So, mm, to me, anyways. Okay. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, my number six, Scott just said it. It was the scene when he gets comes uh, when Norton comes to arrest him, and he just takes off running. <laughs> so, all right, uh, look at Jesus, Scott number five. Five mm-hmm. is the Society of the Cross Keys sequence. Uh, oh, that was cool. So there are a couple other uh, recognizable people in that sequence too that that Jeff didn't mention. Uh, yeah, the president from NBC. Yep, was in that. Yep. Um, there was a. Uh, Fisher Stevens of Short Circuit fame. Oh, yeah, the hacker. Yeah. Uh, the plague. Uh, <laughs> That's right. The uh, plague. What? Damn it. Yeah, the president of NBC. Why is that? his name escaping me? But, uh, uh, at any rate, I liked how they all were like M whatever. Um, and they, they yeah. did this big game of telephone. And, you know, get, get Take some over. fun fun cameos. <laughs> um, eventually, you, you get... Um, Owen Wilson at the end there. Uh, he's he's also a member of the society, uh, but like I get there's there's the secret society and they all have like the the awful clone that they wear. They they all take the work very seriously, but they're all still very crass. They all have like these uh, not bellhop boys. What, what was his title? Lobby boys. Lobby boys. Yeah, they all these lobby boy. Like basically slaves, <laughs> they keep having them take over for random stuff that they, that they shouldn't. Like the tasting, the the CPR. Lobby boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like I, I like that whole scene. That that was like Alec. They, I mean, if you talk about quirky, I, I definitely see it there. Very yeah. And twee. Uh, but I still enjoyed that that particular sequence. Yeah, I loved it. It was cool. All right, Alex, number five. My number five, and it just hit me with this film. You know, Wes Anderson always has this thing where he films a lot of his scenes just flat. Just flat, sometimes, not always symmetrical, but very flat, 90-degree angles for most of the stuff. And I think that appeals to me because I'm also an animation lover. I love cartoons, so in the old-timey cartoons where they had just, you know, flat backgrounds, it really let the motion speak for itself. So I think that's why it's a, it's been appealing to me. It just hit me with this movie. So there it is. 
I don't understand it. What? It's flat? Yeah. Like the flat shots that Wes Anderson composes with a lot of uh, the scenes. Okay. What what would I define flat first? Yeah. Um like say, well, it, at at the very start where you just see a person walking He's going from screen left to screen right, and there's a wall, and there's a thing. It's every, Everything's very flat. I'll try and find some pictures of what I'm describing here, but there's almost no angles to some shots where they're just completely straight ahead, flat, no camera motion, uh, just looking at a scene. But there's also no angles. Like you, It's almost like... Uh, yeah, like a drawing. Like if you had a kid draw, like oh, draw a couple buildings, and they just drew like the facade, squares, and rectangles on a piece of paper. It kind of looks like that. Okay. So if it was a cube, it wouldn't be a cube. You just see a square. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, by number five is just the hotel itself. The the titular hotel just like that pretty cool set piece um just how big it is and little elevators here and there and the uh seeing it in the different time frames of who's telling the story all of that stuff it's pretty cool so and then to add to it the stylized when it's like the you talked about the little car or whatever you call it then that takes you up the little animated parts added to it and everything Mm -hmm. all cool the hotel itself is my number five. Scott, what's number four? Uh, my number four is the slope chase. Um, oh, that's great. I, I kind of loved it and hated it at the same time. <laughs> like I, I love the, the the detail and like the technical work being put into that. Um, I I don't know something about it rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, like I I can't quite put my finger on it. Like. Maybe like you were saying, Alex, it was it was too cute. Um, yeah, with the little miniatures going down the slope. And yeah, whatnot. maybe it was just yeah. like a few beats too long. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was again technically. I was like, wow, this is really cool. But in the middle of the that last act, there, I don't know. Uh, it didn't didn't quite work for me. Um, so I, I think maybe it's because he winds up like cartoonishly upside down in the snow up to his ankles at the end of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was like pushing it even for like the you know whatever physics they have going on Wes Anderson world. But uh, yeah, I, I, you probably have more to say about us, but um, it's definitely cool from from a technical standpoint. I agree. I have a little mm-hmm. more about to say this later. Uh, all right, Alex, number four. My number four is the chase when Willem Dafoe was chasing after uh, Jeff Goldblum as the lawyer. Um, that whole sequence was amazing. Very surreal. Um, going through uh, a museum? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Was With the... Uh, very dark and again uh very symmetrical like both of them were pretty much always at the center of the frame and being chased and and being chaser uh hunter and prey i should say 
was fantastic. Uh, Willem Dafoe takes a second to just takes his takes his little boots off. Uh, the the armor that's only been lit by spotlights. Everything else is dark. Him seeing <laughs> that was great. And yeah, another perfect example of a flat shot where uh, Jeff Goldblum sees the door and perfectly in the silhouette, you know, you see the door and outside is his bicycle. He thinks he's reached freedom and then the door just slams on his digits. Ooh, that was that was a bit rough. I, that's another thing. Oh, wait, that's higher up on my list. Forget I said anything. You guys going to talk about the cat stuff? No. <laughs> that was great. What was the point? I mean, okay, he threw the cat out the window. It's funny, I guess. And heavy. Why was it in like the coat check room? Like I, I in the bag. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was that was weird. What the fuck? I did like how he was carried with him at one point. He just dropped there was in the trash can. So I, I did like in the. Uh... When he walks in the museum and says 15 minutes left, he walks yeah. down the stairs and Defoe walks in and the thing is like magically flipped. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like the security guard like barely looks like he ever moves and somehow he got up to do that right before, like on the minute. Yeah, that was a, a cute gag. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, my number four, I, I combined, because I like the ski chase, at least the little, the the far away shot with them going zooming down small, with just the style of the movie, which I think Alex already talked about with the miniatures and all of that. I like the the, the ski lift, not the ski lifts, but whatever you call the sky buckets, oh, sky trams, gondolas. yeah, yeah, sky tram gondolas. The, yeah, the gondolas. That was cool. Yeah, That's pretty clever, I thought too. Like, get the switch. Yeah. But then you see them when they come out. You see them like get off. Get out of it from a distance. You see the little the little guys just walking, and there's just some weird <laughs> stuff there. Yeah, it reminded me of that game Limbo almost because back they're really far back, and they're just little like, silhouettes of them yeah. running. Yeah, um, that's very flat too, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, just all those little miniature stuff. I don't know, like. I don't remember that. Does he do any of that stuff in Rushmore? I don't remember that. No, but I know like I some of the sea stuff. And Zuzu, he does. There's stuff like that, right? So yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that's my number four. So Scott, number three. All right, my number three uh, is uh, Sorsha Ronan and, and Zero uh, Tony Ravioli, as you like to call him, um, <laughs> as he likes to be called. <laughs> uh, yeah, there. Their like side plot romance was, was very standard Wes Anderson stuff, but it was still adorable. Uh, but I really liked her in this. Mm-hmm. She's she's not in it a lot, but uh, like I, I really liked her in, in all the scenes she was in. Um, those initial scenes of, of them kind of courting, uh, like when when they're in the <laughs> movie theater and they just start taking their clothes off. Um, <laughs> This is yeah. It was all very. Well, they just got in, they just got engaged. Yeah, that's true. The, the two of them together was, was very sweet. Um, and, and then a typical Wes Anderson like he has to make the whole thing very maudlin, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I liked I liked her especially, but I liked two of them together. Did they ever explain her uh, Mexico birthmark? 
Nope. It was just a nope. Wes Anderson thing. Yep. Just like Gorbachev. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Because um, she's okay. a patriot. I did like how, uh, you know, he, the only time Zero ever really talked back to whatever his name is. Just <laughs> don't flirt with my girl. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Don't flirt with her. To, to Rafe. <laughs> Uh, can't believe right. you didn't know <laughs> Ray Fines. <laughs> I thought you know I've always heard his name I thought it was Ray Fines. when I read Bravo he wasn't paying attention and then I, but I never knew it was Rafe <laughs> stupidest name I've ever heard yeah it's kind of dumb but hey <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know what were we saying you you were bitching about Ray Fines' name yeah yeah stupid no but why did... so that was uh, my number three think... okay yeah. Alex number three uh, I was not expecting uh, a murder mystery with this movie. I thought it was going to be, oh, just quirky, funny happenings in the hotel and everything. And it turns out to be this whole, like, uh, a little bit of a whodunit. I mean, it's not a real mystery for long. But, yeah, there's murder. Then there's, right away, there's prison. Uh, there's a, a fair amount of violence. Not a lot, but it's uh, kind of strong. It's shocking when it happens. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Okay, like the fingers chopped off the uh, the fight that we don't see, <laughs> the daredevil style fight <laughs> in the from the prison break. Oh yeah, that ended up ended up as a draw, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with this film. Subverted my expectations. Yeah, like the little random nudity or sex scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that painting that they replaced the the boy with apple. <laughs> boy with apple. All right. Uh, well, my number three is. I don't know whether I come down if I like it or don't like it, but the story within the story within the story within the story. After there was like four layers, and then but then never really pays off. And I thought maybe they'd do more with that, right? So you, first you find out there's a statue yeah. of the author. Yeah. And then you find out the author is telling the story. Then you go to, to the guy in the bathtub telling. And then you go, you know, so you go back and back and back. And then, then at the end, they just kind of unwind. Like I, I thought that'd be a bit yeah. more. So I, I didn't so. catch it till this time around. But I think the joke at the beginning, when the, the random girl puts the the hotel key on his on that statue that bust, mm-hmm. was that he's famous for writing stories about hotels, like. <laughs> So, so, so people like put keys from the hotels that he's like referencing in his books. Uh, I see. That's that's my guess anyway. Um, it was just yeah. weird, yeah. So it goes back, and then you're like, okay, so this movie's going to be about uh, Jude Law is the main character. Like, you know, the, nope, <laughs> one more level. Let's give it this. Oh, nope. Okay, now it's about Rafe. Got it. Mm-hmm. And it's all just a girl reading. Her favorite book. Yeah. And that's it. Alright, well that was my number three, so Scott number two. Okay. Uh, my number two is the, the the whole prison break sequence. Uh, it was, was a lot of fun. Um, you don't typically see stuff like that, at least not in the, the West Anderson movies that I, that I have seen. Um, yeah. But just how the, the 
the the giant guy with the scar pays it forward <laughs> by killing the squealer. Yeah. And he, Rafe, uh, and Gustav says, uh, "You you sweet kind man." After he just murders this other guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, them escaping with the 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 ladder and then the, like the Shawshank stuff and um they eventually get to that room above the guard room but that was that was a great shot where it goes down to them and then up to them and the guy just pulls out the knife is like well <laughs> and he jumps down and then with the, like you guys were just talking about it, it happens all off screen pretty much except at the very end of it and they're all dead and then he makes the very uh crass remark about oh oh yeah yeah i'd call that a draw um and they they escape and <laughs> in the background they they strangle that poor bus driver is <laughs> yeah. all like again like kind of shocking in the the context of the world yeah um, but yeah the, the prison break sequence is my number two yeah i agree that's pretty good i like tiptoeing over like all the going underneath or tiptoeing across all the guards <laughs> yeah that was great cool. like a nice little dance yeah um, alright Alex number two my number two is uh, the lobby boy Tommy Ravioli Tony Revolori Revolori uh, I thought he was great he did a great job was this one of his first movies I don't know hmm Probably. Probably, yeah. Um, I like that little touch that <laughs> it's like at first it's like, man, that mustache looks really bad. Why would they ever <laughs> do that <laughs> in this movie? And it's like, oh, okay. He just draws it on every morning himself. Um, he's got his own quirks. I think he did and, grow uh, it at the very end, though. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. At the very end, he finally was able to grow <laughs> his own mustache. Yeah. Him and uh, Sorsha, yeah, had really good chemistry yeah i also did enjoy their little side uh story romance um and yeah he was loyal he was there uh for mr gustav i like how he kind of uh kind of stood up for himself besides him telling mr gustav not to flirt with his fiance um but when he said why on earth you know when they're having it out actually after the escape He's like, what will you think that we want another immigrant over here? It's like, well, he, he told him his whole really sad backstory. And then Gustav is like, well, obviously I take back everything I said. I'm <laughs> <laughs> really sorry about, you know, all that stuff. Just like, so that was, that was like a really nice. I, I think my, like my favorite sweet moment. My favorite yeah. scene was him, with him was when they go to look at the painting. And then he just starts like, all he does is give that look. And we immediately know that he's like basically saying we should steal the painting uh yeah this is a great As, bit he's of, a good like, lobby boy acting and, and and some some filming there but yeah just that one yeah. look he conveyed a whole like pl- like plot to, <laughs> to run out of there with the painting yeah mm-hmm. a good lobby boy knows his guests once before they even know it so he knew lobby gustav boy. wanted to take that painting even though mr gustav wasn't planning on it so he just got he just got him the little the little footstool. That was it. That was great. All right. Well, my number two is is him too. I I have him and Rafe. Um, those two characters were good in this. I really like the chemistry between the two. 
Uh, I just was looking up what his previous credits were, Tony Ravioli. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Entourage the other day. And you meant, <laughs> the line you said for drama, when they're filming uh, basically Narcos. He was in that episode. Oh, okay. He just is, is a son here, so he's playing. Uh, but a lot of just TV stuff. And it seems like be his first movie. Because I see, like, kid number two. He's also in Shameless. Yeah. TV, TV movie, yeah. Yeah, My Name is Earl. Cool, this is a pretty big get for your first film. Yeah. Good role. Um, Good job, Mr. Ravioli. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, both of them I thought were really good. I said the chemistry between them was really good. Like they did the mustache thing. We always talked about, you know, don't flirt with my girl. Are you flirt? Is he flirting with you? Um, yes. And, then, and Rafe's <laughs> gentlemanly, you know, Britishness plus his perviness too. I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff about. Yeah, him. I'll, I'll to say about him in a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just all of that, I thought was pretty good. So that's my number two. And Scott, number one. Uh, number one here is Ray Fiennes. Uh, I I absolutely love this performance. Um, it's the main reason I, I I wanted to watch this again. Uh, it's such a, a a wonderful balance of just like kind of aristocratic like worldly charm but then he just is so incredibly crass he punctuates almost everything he does with just like with swearing or just being pompous being an asshole um it like he's just constantly walking that line through throughout the entire movie and and it's a lot of fun like when they're, I think it's when they're in the uh, the confessional when um, when that guy X tells him that they killed his sister and he goes fuckers like <laughs> just <laughs> like just the random expletives that fly out of him at points um, mm. you know he really really is just this kind of very lowbrow like Jeff said um, like person uh, that that's you know they they kind of uh, encapsulated at the end about how he was you know, living in a world that never really existed, or at least not by the time he was born. Uh, but he maintained the illusion with, uh, uh, I forget the, forget the line, but um, yeah, just a, a, a great character. Um, and just all, all the little beats throughout the movie with him that we didn't talk about, like when he's pushing the, the cart around in the prison, like serving people. Um, how he gives that little speech about how basically you have to jump a guy in prison the first day, but you know with the a Wes Anderson <laughs> spin on it. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah, like the fact that he he sleeps with <laughs> all the the, the octogenarians. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I've had older. Uh, he says at one point. <laughs> um, yeah, but why blonde? Yeah, like like how when he <laughs> he goes through that whole speech about how when they're on the train going back with the painting. About how the the painting reminded her of him, and now will always remind um, you know him of her. And two seconds later, he's like, "We should sell on the black market." Yeah. <laughs> Help me out with this, and I'll give you one point five percent of the sale. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it just it's like make it ten percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> again, just uh, a great character. Uh, yeah, I think I could go on, but I think that that's mostly it. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's all I really want to say. Ray Fiennes is M. Gustav. He's a Fiennes actor. All right, Alex, number one. Uh, also, Mr. Gustav, as played by Rafe Fiennes. Uh, great character. I mean, the whole film kind of hinges on Mr. Gustav and Rafe's performance. And yeah, he pulled it off. He's he's doing the uh, great work. Yeoman's I wouldn't call it yeoman's work. It's too Isn't that more of an off scene? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's too front center to be yeoman. But yeah, he's doing great. He's he, yeah, he and he does like Scott said, raise that fine line between gentleman, asshole, pervert. It's like all those things that make up the character that is Mister Gustav. Fantastic work. Agreed. Um, my number one's already been mentioned, but the prison chase or the prison escape, I liked it. It's just chiseling away. It's yeah, it's just a quick, stylized version of Shawshank. Um, yeah, it was fun. Like I said, I think the best part was when they were tiptoeing and going underneath the the guard, sleeping guards, <laughs> and the, the one guy trying to squeal on them, as you guys mentioned, and him getting killed by the big scar dude. And then yeah, them popping up and the having the argument while the other guys are hijacking the bus and good stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good, good stuff. stuff. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Any honorable mentions? Uh, the the joke in the the beginning when he talks about all the the women that that M. Gustav sleeps with, where he's like they're they're old, lonely, rich, blonde, something something. And he goes, why blonde? <laughs> yeah. Like, those other things weren't interesting at all, but the blonde thing was. Yeah. It's like, well, because they were. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like, uh, I know what a tontine is. When Jeff Goldblum mentioned tontine, yes. I was like, ah, thank you. Thank you, Simpsons. I know what that is. I, I owe uh, Archer for that, because I was too young to know what they were talking about. The the Hellfish episode. <laughs> Is that when they ride you ride in snow planets to get you around? <laughs> That's great. What you really didn't didn't get that in the Simpsons, Scott? I mean, I mean, Ox I think I understood. I understood, I understood the plot, but like, I never like was like the word tontine didn't stick with me. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they had ox <laughs> like explained exactly what it. Yeah, yeah, no, was. no, like, but oh. like it was at the time I was I wasn't like. Dill Archer did the same, well, did a similar thing that I. Right. And tontines uh, are wildly that... illegal, by the way, at least in America. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Um, and I love the food inspection in the prison where when they had the guards, like, uh, they rolled up uh, a piece of cheese, so he stabs it to make sure there's no tools in there. He cut up a sausage and everything. He opens up the beautiful box for Mendel's. <laughs> it's like. Oh, he just doesn't have the heart <laughs> to inspect that food because it's so beautiful, so he just passes it on to the next thing. That was a great little moment. I think he was using, like, a different, like, knife for every single thing, too. I just go back and watch oh, that Oh, really? Yeah. All right, you ready to rate it? I sure am. <laughs> All right, as usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7, 1 being garbage, 7 being perfection. Scott. 
Uh, I get, do you give this movie? Give it a five. Um, I think I enjoyed it more the first time I watched it. The second time around, I I knew all the like kind of violence and other things like that were coming, and just like the shock value of, of again what what was coming out of Ray Fine's mouth. So I was kind of ready for it, and th- that took a little bit of the punch out of watching the movie. But it still moves along pretty well. Uh, it's just barely over an hour and a half, um, and uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I I didn't mention the sets, but I but I did enjoy those as well. Um, there's some some good craftsmanship here. So five. All right, Alex. I'm also gonna get this a five. I think uh, I might like it better on subsequent viewings. Maybe I'll catch a little bit more details here and there. But for right now, it's a strong five. All right. Well, I was gonna give it a five until I found out the lead actor's name is pronounced <laughs> Rafe. <laughs> and now it's a three. No, I'm just kidding. I'll give it a five. I actually I liked it. I didn't. Love it. I probably won't ever see it again, but I can't say that I didn't like it. I enjoyed it. So, five for me. There you go. Now I know what to get you for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, a Rafe Fiennes <laughs> action figure. It's performance. Like, Rob, you listened to K-Rock back in the day. I mean, Ralph would <laughs> lay into him every every year on Rafe Fiennes' birthday. <laughs> would he? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, like, and Ralph... Fines, <laughs> are you too good for us, us Ralphs? <laughs> I want to pronounce your name right. <laughs> oh, that's true because he does have a thing with weird spellings or weird pronunciations of names. So, and if it was his own name, I can see him go yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Something to look forward to every year. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for our crossover topic, which is what Scott our top hotels. All right. So uh, get the, the ball rolling here. My number five is from that thing you do. Uh, I, I I couldn't remember if they say the name of the hotel in the movie, um, but I think it's supposed to be the Ambassador Hotel, at least in real life. Uh, the the room I, I think you barely see any of the rooms, but there's like the cafe in front and. Most of it is is down to the uh, the bellhop slash ballet out front. Uh, um, oh, okay. Now I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, the I can't, I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who plays Lamar is great. Um, but yeah, just that that, that whole sequence. Like the the whole final act is basically based around them coming in at a hotel. Uh, so yeah, that's my number five. You know. Speaking of that movie, you know they Watson. They filmed a lot of that right over here yeah. in Orange County, right by my house. Watson just closed down. They got rid of it. Ah. Oh, how long ago was that? Fountain. Less than a year. Okay. And they made it some like I don't know. The locals are upset. Some, so some place like, like a, who cares? Kind of. It's like a Mexican Hooters, is from what I was told. <laughs> Mexican <that Hooters>. <laughs> but I don't know. I've heard it's terrible. We haven't been. I also say people, the locals are upset that they should have gone. They went out of business for a reason. So, but it just like they all memorabilia there and everything. Um, all right, Alex, number five. Uh, well, this time it's me who has the the wonky list because uh, I just picked movies that were set in, in a hotel for most of it. I mean, it kind of works. I know, but I didn't. I don't. I didn't get the names of all the hotels. 
and whatnot. So. Uh, you're still way on target, worked on target than Scott is for a lot of his guests. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, I thought we were talking about our Dead favorite on. trash compactors. Dead on. Uh, Every time. <laughs> this is uh, actually a video game. And the video game, uh, they don't even, they don't have the name of the hotel. I don't know what it is. But they don't even say it's a hotel, but I'm going to choose that it is because I love this arcade classic so much. And that would be Elevator Action. You guys remember, you guys remember Elevator Action <laughs> yeah, from the arcade? Yeah. There was, there was <laughs> yeah. some Elevator and some Action, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, there were. <laughs> that game was so cool. Yep, you're just this little super spy, and you have to go in this building, which I'm going to call a hotel from now on. And you have to go to different rooms, or try and guess which rooms have the secret codes to get to the next level, but I never could. And there's spies everywhere coming out of the doors trying to shoot you. It's great. Look it up. <laughs> that was fun. I remember that, yeah. Um, Alright, uh, so about this is all hotels, but some of them are real, some of them are fictional, but they're in the movies themselves. And Yeah. Um... Mine is, I had to look it up, it's the Park Hyatt Tokyo Hotel from Lost in Translation. Um, oh, okay. It's the hotel, I mean, for the most of that movie, there are two people stuck in the hotel. And I just it was really cool. I mean, it's a swanky, but I would, it's a swanky Japanese hotel, but very Americanized from what I could Western, yeah. tell. I mean, mm-hmm. it's also a Hyatt, so I'm assuming <laughs> there's a lot of influence there, but... Um, anyway, just cool. There's scenes from yeah when they're having dinner or people doing karaoke or later on you see scenes of like Bill Murray just on a treadmill or elliptical or him in a big pool and just it's pretty cool. Cool the way it was filmed, like cool blue. I think I remember for yeah, most the, of it. Um, the uh, fire alarm. The fire alarm. I don't remember that. What happened? It's after they've been fighting. Is like a scene where the fire alarm goes off and they all oh, go outside. Oh, that's right. That's kind of where they make up. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I mean, I don't really remember him leaving much. At the very end, mm-hmm. <laughs> when he whispers in her ear, and then I guess the karaoke night or whatever. Yeah, karaoke. And, they go out on the town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the Park Hyatt from Lost in Translation. Scott, number four. Uh, number four uh, is Bellagio. From uh, Ocean's Eleven, so also my number four. So yeah, nice. Inside is like okay, it, it looks like a casino. There's not much to be like okay, that that is the Bellagio. Although it's cool to see like the, I'm sure utterly fake like command center, <laughs> uh, and then the whole vault thing is, is cool. But um, them standing outside at the end uh, to watch the water show with uh, Claire de Lune playing uh, is, is great. And magically, no foot traffic behind them. But <laughs> uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll save anything else for that, that Jeff might want to bring up. Okay, yeah, I don't have much more to add. But all right, uh, Alex, number four. My number four is from a little-known horror movie called "Tales from the Crypt Keeper: Demon Knight. and that that movie is set in an old church that was converted into a hotel. And so all the people are stuck in there with one demon trying to get the key of Jesus. And it's a weird key, but it has some of Christ's blood in it. And uh, it's it's a it's a movie. Is that is a demon knight like N I G H T or K N? K N I G H T. Yeah, because the the holders of the key are called demon knights. Oh, 
yeah. they fight against them. You know the last place I'd want to sleep is? Church? <laughs> A big old, like, old Catholic Gothic church. Scared the shit out of me, man. I mean, I guess if you need it, you need it, but... Ugh. Sanctuary. Sanctuary. Um... All right, uh, my number four, same as Scott's, uh, the Bellagio from Ocean's Eleven. Um, it's just the, the fact that it's so much takes place in there. Whether you're under it, you're in the one of the rooms, you're on the, uh, the casino floor, uh, behind the scenes, you know, headquarters. Like, I love the scenes of like Terry Benedict just like canvassing the whole place. Right, he's not stopping. He's going from the tables to backstage, looking at the screens to this and that, all that. Just really cool, big character of the movie. It does, and it makes. Vegas seem cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Vegas. Yeah, I've still never been in the Bellagio. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I know we. I've been in last time Laura and I work, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, Laura and I went. I wanted to see the the water show. We just got there. it was like bad timing. Like we missed one. And like oh, now we have to wait another hour and a half. My like, God, oh, well, I don't want to see it that much. So <laughs> let's get yeah. out of here. Um. All right. Scott, number three. Okay. Number three um, is from another little-known uh, horror movie, uh, The Bates Motel. Uh, ah, the Motel. Dude. I know. I was going to ask. <laughs> uh, no, oh, dead well, on, I mean, obviously, dead it's on. that for yeah. It's a motel. It's, a... <laughs> uh, it's uh, out of the way hotel somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Arizona. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. well maintained. Yeah, uh, stuff happens. Uh, mother and their son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Family business. Yeah, family business. <laughs> Let's support this mom and pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lo- I did leave it off my list because it was a motel, just as tiebreakers. But um, have you guys been to the one at uh, Universal Studios? Yeah, on the tram ride. Yeah, but have you ever got... So we went for Halloween Horror Nights or whatever they it's called there. And the tram takes you... Where they let you off at the actual motel part. And you get to like walk on like on the, the deck of the motel in front of all the rooms. And then for a photo op, you can go up and on the, you go to the steps of Mother's house and have a picture with an actor dressed up as um, Norman Bates. Okay. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, normally the tour ride, right? You just drive right by it. But this one, you actually dropped you off there, and you got to walk around for a little bit. Um, so it was pretty fun. Hmm. Um, all right, uh, what was that? That was Scott's number three. So uh, my number three would be the Turtle Bay Hotel from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm, that's a good one. And ah, sta- nice. He's staying in the Kapua Suite. Yeah. Um, well, until Dakota Fanning and her people need it. <laughs> Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, just I mean, it's the backdrop for pretty good comedy that we've. I think we've done. We've done this, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, just yeah, nice beach resort and all the stuff going on there, and <laughs> Jim drink getting drunk at the bar. Oh, I'm Samantha. <laughs> I'm Samantha. All sex with anyone. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh. What, wait, what? We're on number two now? No, Alex. No, we skipped out. Yeah, we skipped out. Okay. Uh, Jim Henson's, I believe, his last film that he got to work on, and The Witches, the 1990 film 
from Roll Doll. All set in a hotel because it was a witch convention. Man, I forgot how creepy that movie is. I saw it a couple years ago. I should watch it again with the boys. Since they they had to read the book at school. Hmm. But yeah, pretty good movie. Angelica Houston. Spoke show. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> some disturbing things about that. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm trying to look. So you said it was his last show. Because I thought we did something recently where I watched something... And it wasn't that, but I can't really. Yeah. He's still getting credit with some shit on here, so I don't know. Um, Maybe it was the f- one, the movie that came out right after his passing. Because yeah, I think he yeah he passed away in 1990, and that's when this movie came out. He worked on that dinosaur show. Remember that? Did he? Like that sit that sitcom. At least that's what I'm seeing here. They started it without the the laugh track, and then the network put the laugh track back in. <laughs> uh, may, maybe not. Maybe this show is maybe inspired by Jim Henson. I don't know. Um. All right. So now we're finished. Though number three. So now Scott. Number two. My number two is uh, you already mentioned Jeff the Park Hyatt uh, from. Oh, okay. Wow. Lost some translation. Nice. All right. Uh, well, uh, now it's Alex number two. Uh, Psycho, the Bates Motel. Okay. Now mm-hmm. it's my number two. Yeah. Um, I don't, actually, the Hollywood Hotel Tower, Tower of Terror, <laughs> the ride. Okay. Oh, there it is. Yeah. The Twilight yeah. Zone thing. And unfortunately, no longer at Disneyland, but it still exists in Disney World, so... Lucky for you, East Coasters. I think it might be at Tokyo Disney. Oh, maybe. That'd be cool, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, but I still think I like the Twilight Zone, the Tower of Terror better. Um, but, yeah. If you've never been, don't come to Disneyland. Go to Disney World or Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or go to Japan. Uh, or go to Japan. Yeah, just go to Japan. God, their parks are so much better over there. Um, <laughs> I know. Did you know it's like Disney doesn't even own those parks over there? They own them and they just license Disney properties for them. It's wow. a really weird Damn. thing, and so they have so they put so much more money into it than Disney. It's weird. But... Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, <laughs> dragons are burning up, bursting into flames yeah, over at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get in the knee of news for that, but that's terrifying. <laughs> And awesome. Yeah, it's super All fucking right. metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one, Scott. Uh, I, I, this is from something that uh, I don't think very many people have seen, um, so they might not know what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. Okay. Also number one. Also number yeah, one. I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Ones. I mean, yeah, if, you're, if you're into if you're into naked ladies that turn into old ladies, hey, they yeah, got you covered. Companion piece, to, yeah. The way Kubrick fills it, making it a character itself, just everything about it is awesome. Bloody elevators. 
That should be like a joke from a movie. Where's the bloody elevator? And it opens <laughs> Ding. up. <and> then... <laughs> All right. Uh, any honorable mentions? Why the Bates Motel, which you guys already did, and then I had the hotel from Four Rooms. I really don't remember the hotel, but I remember I know it was in a hotel and there was yeah. a lobby boy or bellhop. Yeah, lobby boy. I don't remember that movie. I should watch it again. Put it on your list. Okay. All right. Well, I guess it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So I guess you're not allowed to put sticky stuff on your hands and glove when you're pitching in Major League Baseball. As Mets ace pitcher Max Scherzer is suspended for 10 games by the MLB for having too much rosin. Now you're allowed to have rosin. You're allowed to use rosin. You can't have too much of it or else you get suspended for 10 games. All things weird. Which is weird. Because, yeah, it's like, how much is too much rosin? Then uh, they said the umpires were saying that, yeah, his whole hand was, like, black and covered with it. Then they made him wash his hands with alcohol. Apparently, that makes it even stickier. Potentially. The whole thing was bizarre. Uh, that's the, yeah, it's the umpire's fault. The, other thing too, for that the, one. the weird thing about that as well was he didn't use the rosin bags that were on the mound. Oh, that's right. He had it in his pocket. Yeah, or well, from the dugout or whatever. But because I don't think you're allowed to, <laughs> to keep it in your pocket. Uh, yeah, the whole thing was weird. The whole thing was weird. Yeah, they do that in hockey, Jeff. If they use rosin on the gloves to have the <laughs> the stick grip a little bit better, isn't that illegal? <laughs> no, there's nothing illegal about stick. But I mean, players tape up their their sticks for different stickiness and stuff. So that's a thing. And they actually, uh, you know what? It's not a big deal anymore because now the the composite sticks you can actually get them with a sticky texture, like put all the way on there. Hmm. But back in the day, they would have uh, which would kind of you'd see on the on deck circle for batters would be like this big. I think it's called a moda stick, which is like a big stick with like sticky substance on it, and you just rub it on the part of the bat that you want to be sticky. Some players do that to hockey sticks too, but that's not mm, okay. that big of a thing anymore. But as far as I know, there's no amount of sticky too much too little that you can't do to your stick and right. goalie equipment i don't know they're the ones who cheat i can just see them like putting it all into the puck hits them and just sticks to them <laughs> as opposed to bouncing off but uh in their glove yeah. <laughs> you just pull out a little like pouch of like like bear pepper not bear pepper, but like powdered form of like <laughs> excuse me bear bear pepper like what I'm getting at is the, the powder he pulls out in Bloodsport. Like, I don't know what to call that. Oh, yeah. The the little aspirin that he crushes. Yeah, in his, yeah. Like, uh, I think it was just aspirin. Like a hockey player. Like a goalie would like, throw that into somebody's... Through, through the grills <laughs> in their uh, the cage and their helmets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they, so what's uh, kind of funny is that goalies or skaters will sometimes they have the opportunity to skate really fast... And stop and just spray the goalie's face through the cage and get the, get the ice all in their eyes and everything. That's a thing that definitely happens. That's usually a good way to get um, like punched in the back of the head, though, right? <laughs> oh yeah, as soon as you do it, you're getting punched by it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it definitely does happen. Um, it's time for Neam News. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. 
Okay, uh, not much this week. Uh, there's a a new White Man Can't Jump movie. <laughs> Do they screw with that one? Uh, I don't know. I I have not looked up the <laughs> cast on this, so I don't know if Rosie Price is in it. Oh, I'm not in it. <laughs> oh, that was worth bringing up. Uh, um, other oh, other comedies. Uh, Broken Lizard has said they they. Basically, they, they want to do Super Troopers three, uh, make it a, a, an actual trilogy. Uh, I think I think we all love the first one. Um, mm-hmm. Second one is funny. Uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. It's it's it, it's funny enough that I wouldn't mind the third one. Uh, I don't know, Jeff, if you've hmm. seen the second one. I've never seen the second one, and I like Super Troopers, but I still like Club Dread and Beer Fest more. Yeah, so yeah. I'd rather I'd rather see sequels to those movies. <laughs> yeah, it's that and uh, the the last thing I wanted to, to mention was uh, apparently Harrison Ford's come out and uh, and said he's done with Indiana Jones. Like this is it. This Bullshit. is where he draws the line. <laughs> nope. Surprising nobody. Uh, mm-hmm. I I was watching uh, Clear and Present Danger. Like on the background, um, after the angels lost, so I just kept the TV on. Uh, <laughs> oh. And oh my God, he he's so stiff here. And I'm thinking about like this movie's like 30 years old <laughs> now. Uh, like mm-hmm. how how's it, like I don't know how this new indie movie's gonna look. Like it's it's gonna be rough. It's not good. <laughs> it's gonna be like Robert De Niro, like in The Irishman. Like that's that's what I'm expecting. For a leading man in action movies, Harrison Ford was not really the most nimble and agile in his no, movies. But he just looks yeah. like he can barely move. Like he always has this like we, we and it was the same thing in uh, Fugitive. Where he has this weird kind of like hunched, like yeah, like I don't know. He's got bad sticks. Yeah, like watch him run in Indiana, like, like a Raiders in Lost He runs like chest out and arms. Okay, he's he's always person. been, but but remember his career started in his mid thirties, right? That's another thing. Like he yeah. did not start as, as in his twenties, like most leading men, right? Han Solo, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's like thirty four, something like that. So yeah, yeah, it's not too late to become a superstar A list actor. People go to Hollywood, try out. Go to auditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll build carpentry for George Lucas. And yeah, we'll be carpenter and get really fucking lucky. <laughs> all right. I am not looking forward to that movie at all, by the way. Uh, Same. Uh, but yeah, that is it for me. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Uh, yes. Smokey and the Bandit. It's a great little movie. Still, holds up. <laughs> I just watched it. Actually, it surprised me. It was I remember it being a, a little bit worse, like language and TNA wise, but it's, it's pretty tame. So I watched it with my kids, and they're like, "I don't." Li-, but uh, at the beginning, they're like, I don't like this movie. Dead. Then by the end of it, it's like, "Oh, my favorite part was when all the cards are crashing." <laughs> is it, it's or not when the, they flipped off the, the bloopers. No, the, you see, it wasn't the blooper. There were no bloopers on the first one. I think that's the second one. Whatever they show at the end of Anchorman. <laughs> right. 
and Super Troopers. No, Anchorman. Uh, but yeah, but both of them are on Netflix right now, so I'll probably, I've never seen Smokey and the Bandit 2, so I'll probably give that a watch. Yeah, see, that's part of me really wishes opinion. you'd put this these movies on your list and not what you normally have on your list. <laughs> well, I just remembered about Smokey and the Bandit. I completely forgot about that movie until I saw it on Netflix. You know, they cycle movies. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Alex? Nope. That's it. All right, Jeff. Uh, not really much. Um, I started watching that show Beef on okay. Netflix. Uh, it just looks I, like a, I, too uncomfortable for me to watch that. Yeah, Scott, you wouldn't it like is. it because I stopped. I stopped watching after the second. We watched it with Laura, and then after two episodes, I'm like, I'm out. Everyone's miserable in this movie. Yeah, this is. <laughs> There's some so, weird gun sex. Yes, there yeah. is that. Um, so, I mean, the acting seemed good. I liked um, Stephen Young and Ali Wong. Yeah, like the, really like good the it, pieces, but... like like are like it's all stuff that I would want to watch, but just people making self destructive choices over and over again is. Uh... Yeah, no, yeah, I you would not like it. I don't think, and I like I said, I gave it two or three episodes, and I'm like, yeah, you can finish this without me. <laughs> Everyone just miserable. <laughs> I don't need to feel that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. I, I think the, there's something. I mean, right now I'm watching. Yeah. Wait, what? Fantasmic. Oh yeah, that's right. Maleficent. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Fantasmic. The dragon caught on fire during the latest Fantasmic show, <laughs> and it burnt to a crisp, pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Surprise! Like, this never happened before. It has. Has it? Actually, yeah, it's happened once before, a long time ago. I think okay. when the show was first starting. I wonder, like, what... I'm curious about, like, what went wrong exactly. They're just old. Because don't they have, like, so people, I, like, pulling ropes and stuff back there? I don't Maybe, maybe, maybe so. pushing ropes. I think they're the pushing show. ropes. Yeah, <laughs> Damn it. You beat me by a split <laughs> but, second. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's all robotic now, just for safety reasons. But <laughs> Yeah, I hope so now. <laughs> uh, oh, what's... what's the... I watched a YouTube video on it, and it has a nickname. So you know how, like, uh, Bruce for Jaws, it's got a name. Um... Oh, Sparky. Shit. What's the... <laughs> Sparky. <laughs> What's the adage, you know, whatever could go wrong, does go wrong? Oh, Murphy's uh, Law. Murphy. Murphy. So it's Murphy. Oh, Murphy's the name. Because it's happened, it's had tons of issues. And there's actually, I guess, when it's just slightly malfunctioning, not completely burning to a crisp, and they know that, they'll... He won't even come out during Fantasmic, and they just have a big water projection of the Maleficent Dragon. Uh, so they, oh, they've always I've, got that. Backup. I've been around for one of those shows. Yeah, yeah. I want to say that I, yeah. I, that's, I remember that. Yeah, 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 that's funny. So it's not the first. I mean, it's the first time I think it's burnt completely like that, or maybe Alex said like way back in the day it did, but mm-hmm. uh, it malfunctions a lot, and so they just have a contingency plan. So I'm guessing for the next little while. Maybe not right away. We'll probably have to close the show for a little bit. But once it's back open, you'll just get the water version. In in a, mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, I might be doing a thing where I'll get to watch Fantasmic from the, the art gallery upstairs above Pirates. Oh, nice. So like yeah. completely yeah. unobstructed. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'll have to report back on that. Nice. Mm-hmm. We, have, we got a thing where we reserve dinner at a... 
not the French market, the River Barrel, River Bell Terrace, I think. And then you have a nice dinner and show there. And it's there's still a, like a slight obstruction. You're not dead center. So I think we'll be, we'll be even better. But it was nice to just sit at your table and have your food yeah. and watch a show. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, anything else, Jeff? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, there is something, but I can't remember it. We'll save it for next time. I know we have Guardians coming out here soon. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm not too interested in it, but we'll see. We talk about the Marvels trailer dropping. Yeah, it no. looked it looked fine. Did they have a Look new cute. one? I always get confused with the teasers and whatever. But yeah, it might be a teaser because <laughs> they're all full trailers. Yeah, so, so I haven't. I, I still. Have, so Miss Marvel is the one thing that I haven't. Well, I haven't seen it. The latest Ant Man either. But um, besides that, and finishing up Miss Marvel, um, I haven't. Oh, I don't. I need to catch up on that. But she's adorable, though. The <laughs> uh, I forget the actress's name. Plays her. Yeah. I, is Brie Larson gone from? Because she's in this trailer, but then I heard something like that she's being yeah. replaced with. Khaleesi What's her face from Game of Thrones? I, I keep seeing like clickbait that I haven't gotten into. Yeah, because like, they're all like sites that I'm like, this, this looks like. <laughs> Until I see something a little more mainstream, I'm not going to click on them. Uh, okay, but you know who I. Maybe she wants out. I don't know. Or maybe mm-hmm. they, uh, they're going in another direction. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they use whatever happens in Flashpoint Paradox to reset the MCU. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. All right. I think that's it. Yeah, look, we're good. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.